In the great American novel, Larry Norman sings, you say, all men are equal, all men are brothers. Then why are the rich more equal than others? Don't ask me for the answer. I've only got one, that a man leaves his darkness when he follows the sun. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Hi, and welcome to Sabbath School U. I'm Kathy Burton, and I'm really excited to be here. Let me introduce you to my guests, or actually, you guys can introduce yourselves, <laughs> and tell me your name, and tell me your favorite pattern. My name is Courtney Gutnack, and I'm gonna have to go with polka dots. My name is Michael Martell, and I think I enjoy good paisley. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I'm you with to you too. I just said okay because wow. I didn't want to look dumb. My name is Alyssa Jeffers and my favorite is Stripes. Stripes? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go with, I don't have a favorite pattern. I like them all. Is that okay to say? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Courtney, can you start us off by uh, reading our memory verse and having a word of prayer for us? Yeah, um, our verse from today is Proverbs 20, verse 6, and it says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day, and thank you that we have a chance to dive into your word together. Um, may we just come out understanding you more and understanding your love for us more. Thank you so much for giving us us this opportunity and for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So this lesson is titled Words of Wisdom and it's based on Proverbs 20 through 22. So um, those three chapters. And if you look at these three chapters, they are so random. <laughs> you look at them and like one of them is talking about the Lord detest uh, dishonest scales and then the other one says a gift given in secret soothes anger like they're really random so I'm excited to talk about this a little bit because we're gonna go all over the map with these questions I'm gonna start off with the first one what does evolution say about the value of an individual human being so what do you guys think um, I think that evolution just basically says that, um, you know, we're not special. You know, we're just here by chance. And the Bible and the Word of God says very specifically that God created us special and He knows everything about us. So it's just very different. Yeah, the, the way I see evolution in, in the way that it's portrayed, it's that with evolution, there's a possibility of inequality um, amongst human beings, mm. you know, because if, if it's just a random thing that occurs, you know, was your random different than mine, you know, and is that why the differences exist? No, but when, I think when you understand that God created us, there was, uh, there was a method to his design. Our internal organs, our, our bodily functions, they all work the same. So that, that immediately puts us at an even playing point of, of equality. And, and then there's a beauty in that. We were created in God's image. And I think that that's where we can start seeing some differentiation between the concept of evolution and, and creation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, let's look at uh, Proverbs 20, uh, 12. Okay, I'm going to read it real quick. It says, ears that hear and eyes that see, 
the Lord has made them both. Mm -hmm. So that's an emphasis. What does Proverbs 20:12 teach us about the value of all humans? That, like you said, we're all made specifically designed. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a big bang and then we all came about. It wasn't something that happened by chance. Um, what other things can we gather from this verse? The way that I see it, um, it kind of shows that, you know, God made every little part of us also. Um, our eyes are not a big part of our body. Our ears are not a big part of our body, but think of the role that they play for us. Um, they're so important. And even though they're not a big part of the body, God created them anyway. God created them to work just in a certain way that when people start looking at evolution, you know, you can kind of lose that value. Um, understanding that God created that for specific, specific mm -hmm. purpose <laughs> to enjoy the things that he's also created us to like other people, like mm -hmm. be in companionship with and nature that he's created too. So this lesson, like I said, when we started, it jumps around a lot because so do these chapters, you know, so we touch on a lot of things. Um, this next question is asking us about the Sabbath. And I think it kind of does relate because, you know, God create us, uh, created us each individually. Therefore, he knew that we all needed a Sabbath. So um, what rewards do we have from keeping the Sabbath? What, why? You know, why do we need rest? Because God could have created us. You know what? He could have created us without the need for rest. What rewards do we have in the Sabbath? So, so okay, when I think about the Sabbath, yes, it is made for, for rest, but a rest from what? A rest from the distractions of life, the distractions of the world, and for what purpose? To, to pay homage, to worship, and to pay special attention to our Creator. And so when I think about um, what the rewards are of keeping the Sabbath, I'm thinking not just about what I get from it, but what I'm meant to do with it. You see, you know, uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so if, if that's the case, there, there has to, there was a purpose for it. I'm to do something with this Sabbath. And so if I do something with it, what's my return? What's the return on the investment that I put on it, right? And what I can get from it, I can get rest. I can get a moment to recharge my batteries. When I recharge my batteries, how does that happen? For me, it's through praise. Uh, I love music. I love, in, you know, worshiping through music. That's what I get out of it. And for, I think, different people, there are different things. Mm -hmm. What can you do in the Sabbath time that, that has a tangible or intangible reward? Um, it's really interesting that, um, obviously, people, we tend to be, like, we want rewards. So the question that you asked was towards what are the rewards that we can get from um, observing the Sabbath, mm -hmm. when sometimes I often think that we kind of look past the fact that Sabbath is a gift to us mm -hmm. from God. Mm -hmm. um, so is it necessarily about our rewards? Um, by accepting that gift and taking that gift for what it is and using it for that intended purpose, um, we are rewarded through that. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, just I grew up in a household that was not Adventist, and so for a long time I didn't understand the value of the Sabbath. Um, I was playing volleyball on the Sabbath, and for some people they're like, oh no, you know. To me, I, I didn't know any different, but 
as I've grown in my relationship with Christ and studied more um, of the Bible and just learned more about the Sabbath in general and the meaning behind it. I mean, Shabbat, the word for Sabbath, means stop. God has set aside a day for us to stop and to, I love Sabbath because, you know, in our mornings we might be getting really quick, like getting ready really quickly. We're like, oh, okay, I know that I need to have prayer. I know that I need to have a devotion, but I only have five minutes. So let me read this Bible verse really quick and just go out the door. Um, Sabbath is just a whole day, 24 hours, where I can just stop and dwell on what Christ has done in that week, what he's doing through that Sabbath. Um, and that in itself is a reward. Just thinking back to when I didn't really understand, understand the Sabbath, uh, thinking that, oh, people don't have fun on the Sabbath or all of those kinds <laughs> yeah. of things. Especially now, I realize I really do need this. I need, God has put it there because, like you were saying, he made it because we need it. Yeah. It's, it's needed in our lives. So just kind of, I guess, the reward, even though it's a gift in itself, mm -hmm. um, is just, like you were saying, that time to stop and rest and just really reconnect with God after a really busy, busy week. So I feel like we're... I don't know if I'm using the right term, but we're walking on eggshells right now, you know, and we're saying, yeah, Sabbath is a time to set aside or whatever. Mm -hmm. But how many of us actually keep the Sabbath the way we actually should? Like what? Because um, I, I, I know that the Bible says, you know, you shouldn't make other people work on Sabbath. Um, how many, I'm getting into another subject now, but like how many of us go out to eat on Sabbath while other people are working? Like us not being at the restaurant isn't going to stop the people from working is the argument that I've heard. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, how, like where, how do we know what we should or shouldn't do on Sabbath? Because it's a gift. It's like, I feel like sometimes we may misuse this reward that's being given to us. Mm -hmm. Like if someone gives you a gift card to a store and you have a hundred dollar gift card and you only use $25 from that gift card, you have $75 in that gift card that you're not using. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I feel like because we do it to ourselves, we are only using that 25% because we don't realize what like awesome rewards we can receive if we use the full gift card that God has so, given us. So maybe mm -hmm. the question becomes, how do you define a reward? Okay, so, you know, if, if you see a reward as only something that, um, that can be fulfilled through your personal desire, that's one interpretation. Another interpretation of a, of the, a reward from the Sabbath is, is the feeling that you get after communing and, 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 and spending extra time with, with Christ. Okay, that's another one. But then there's another aspect of what a reward can be, and it's how you share Christ's love with others. And so, you know, that is, a. I think it opens up the door for a lot of conversation on it. But then, you, you know, if some people are deciding to go out to eat on Sabbath, you know, I've heard lots of, of <laughs> different yeah. uh, perspectives on, okay, but if I go out to eat and I can, and I, and I have an opportunity to share Christ with someone else, mm. that was the avenue through which that occurred. And so <laughs> I don't think, I don't think any of us are here. To, to pass a specific judgment on yeah. what yeah. can be considered a reward in which way. I think that is the purpose of that time that you spend in communion with Christ. You, you start to develop, you know, these perceptors 
you know, you're able to, to, to define through your Christian walk how Sabbath is used best in your life. And I think God speaks through you that way. Well, I mean, even if you look back in the Bible, Christ performing miracles, healing people on the Sabbath was greatly frowned upon. But this was Jesus. This was the Son of God. And even though all these other people were saying, like, you shouldn't be doing that, this was the Son of God doing that on Sabbath. Um, so definitely, I think it's, I think just the more time you spend studying about the Sabbath and kind of seeing how you and Jesus connect best, you know, asking God, what is the purpose of the Sabbath? Why am I choosing to participate in the Sabbath this way? Or why am I not choosing to participate in the Sabbath that way? Um, so definitely just communing with God and kind of figuring that out because there's lots of different opinions like we just brought yeah. up, um, like playing sports. You know, when I was younger, that was something that um, I didn't see anything wrong with. And then the older that I got, I kind of was like, this doesn't really, I don't really feel like I'm connecting with God in that way. And the Sabbath is a really important time to just reconnect with God. So I made the personal decision that, well, maybe this isn't the best way to be spending my Sabbath um, and started looking into other ways to spend that. Yeah. And I think that's the key right there. Knowing how to define the Sabbath is not going to sound the same for every individual. Absolutely. However, how to keep the Sabbath has a very definite description. And I think it's important to always, you know, whenever that question comes up personally, through a group conversation, revisit what the Bible has to say about how to keep the Sabbath and the purpose of the Sabbath and the intent of the Sabbath. And I think things start to work themselves out, not by themselves, but through your inspiration. God recognizes an earnest heart and he recognizes an earnest uh, seeking for understanding. And I think, I think you can have things revealed to you that help define that. And then you start looking at the rewards from that and, and, and how that can start to define itself through your experience. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's also very important to realize that we're no one, we're no one to judge, mm -hmm. you know? And I, there's people who their week consists of 14, 15 hour days and then two or two jobs and things that, you know, it's not for everyone. And Sabbath is a day of literal rest. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've heard a lot of arguments like, oh, you, it's Sabbath, but you should go out and, um, you know, do missionary work and go out in the streets and feed the homeless. But sometimes God is giving you a literal day of rest. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, spend some time with me, but close your eyes and relax for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we sometimes hear the expression, death to self. Mm. Um, so this is, we're changing the subject a little bit here. This is another um, nugget of wisdom. Another nugget of wisdom in Proverbs. Thank you, Proverbs. Um, so we have, yeah, death to self. We've all heard that expression. Um, what, is, what does this mean to you? I think it means becoming a new creation um, in God. Like, I guess I see it as, um, you know, our natural instinct is to be sinful. That's our human nature. Um, but God wants us to give that all up and to focus on pure and good things, even though that's not inside of us. So we really have to give up ourself, who we are, mm -hmm. and try the best we can to imitate Christ. And the world around us constantly tells us, 
you know, this life is about you. Mm -hmm. How are you going to be successful? <laughs> how are you going to make a lot of money? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do and that? And then how are you going to put it on Facebook and Instagram so we all know? So everybody knows yeah. that you're awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, just death to self, we, we really start to realize this life isn't about us. This life is a literal a gift from God. God's, God's given us so many gifts, like we just talked about the Sabbath. Another one is just this life in general. Every day that we wake up, every breath we take is a gift from God. And just remembering that, you know, because he gave us that, how do we give that back to him? Right. And, and, and so it's also important then, as I'm hearing the comments, it, to recognize what your purpose on earth is. And, and I think when you recognize that, okay, so what was the plan? I, I'm born, I become successful, I live a wealthy life, I die, I'm 80, that's it? Was that the plan? There seems to have, and there, I think in most people, there seems to be an inner yearning to figure out what their life's purpose is. Mm. And, and so they educate themselves to become somebody, be something. But I think in Christ, we recognize our identity uh, to be living testimonies of his goodness. And so I think when we can, when we come to that realization, we have to die to self because then we realize our purpose isn't to greater ourselves, but to greater God, who he is and what he's about. And then we become more connected with one another. How, um, how do we know that we are actually doing something and we're being like doing something nice for somebody else, but we're doing it in humility. Mm. You know, what's the difference? Man, that is a really good question. I think that's a very honest question. Mm -hmm. I've asked myself that question before too. I know what is a good thing to do and what is a bad thing to do. Yeah. And I know if I do enough good things, I am exerting, at least to the people around me, that I am caring for others. But with that level of consciousness, I have to ask myself the sincerity behind it. And so I think, I don't know that I have an answer for it, but I think even in my personal journey as I, as I reflect on it, you have to try to figure out, are the things that I'm doing for others, whether they're good for me or good for them, what's the outcome eventually going to be? And I think if you start planning your days to, to you know, do good things for people, that can't always be a bad thing. I think it boils down to what your heart is leading you to do. Yeah. Only Christ can judge your heart, your intention. If we start to question our own motives, I don't even know that we can be the judge of our, ourselves. You know, so one of the, the great things about grace is knowing that God has always you know, got that spot check on you. You, and, and, you know, you can oftentimes, if you're sincere and you're earnest, reflect on what you're doing, the things you're doing, and find out, you know, was that an honest emotion? Was that a true emotion? Was that a true um, reflection of, of who Christ is? Or was that just Michael looking for an accolade or, you know, needing to pat myself on the back, hit that checklist? I think another thing that can somewhat help you, I mean, it's not for everyone. I mean, you're going to see if you're being humble in many different ways. Sometimes you'll recognize right away by yourself, just, oh, I, did, I just did that to look good. Ugh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and it did look good. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, I'm awesome. Um, but sometimes it doesn't hurt to have an accountability partner, mm, you know, that's a great point. asking a friend, you know, here's what I'm doing. Does this 
does it seem like through these actions, am I glorifying God or am I? And you know what? I... That right there takes so much humility. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. not everyone, like you said, not everyone can actually go up to someone and say, hey, Alyssa, was I being humble? Like, was did she... I, was mm -hmm. I out of line there? You know, it does. That, that in itself, that is a good method. I guess I'd never thought of that. I love that one. I think that I, I have to agree also strongly with it because, you know, I, I, I'm also, a, a, I like to think that introspection can tell you a lot. And I think that if you ask yourself, am I being sincere? That's a good indication that there was something to question. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so when you, when, you, when you dialogue with someone, bring it out of yourself to kind of, you know, take a look at it. I think that, that that's a, a wonderful way Obviously, you can do that through prayer and communication with, mm -hmm. with Christ, but I, it goes back to the purpose that we're here for, for each other. How do we help someone else? I think that's a great way to figure that out. Um, I don't want to <coughs> offend anyone by saying this. I'm going to be very careful how I say it. But nowadays, we hear a lot about um, having self-respect, loving ourselves, um, you know, and, and it's important. We are God's children and we do have to recognize who we are in Christ and that we are, you know, one of a kind. But have you noticed, or maybe it's just me, that that has gotten out of hand? Like it's become something like, yes, I, I am beautiful, I am amazing, but it's almost like, every like, here's a selfie, selfie, self, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. when... When are we going to be selfless? Like, when are we going to take an unselfie? Mm -hmm. You know, that's um, that. It kind of brings me into the next question here. Uh, why do Christians sometimes experience burnout? Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes when we're not being humble, and I'm not answering the question, I'm just trying to extend it a little bit. When we're not being humble, when we um, don't do this for other people, we get burnt out because I'm, you know, we're just doing it because this is the right thing to do and I'm piling things up. Like, why do, why do we experience burnout in the church? Like, why is that something that we see a lot? Because we do. Well, speaking of social media, I think it's um, partially due to that because we don't really have much time to really be still. Um, you know, Jesus made it um, very important in his life to take time to pray to God, to seek God um, throughout everything he was doing. And it, it's very difficult when we have constant things, you know, bombarding us. So I just think that's very important that you take time to be still. And, and that's virtually impossible in today's world, but you have to make that a priority. Yeah. I think burnout <clears throat> also happens because, okay, yes, you're trying to... Um, you're trying to fulfill what you think your purpose is, especially in a, in a mission setting or in a church setting or, or um, a ministry setting. Okay, but then if you, if you don't do, like what Alyssa stated, to take that moment, you know, recharge. You could even use the Sabbath to kind of... To kind of do you. Do you, yeah. right? Um, burnout, I think, can happen because you just take on too much. And I don't mm -hmm. think... I don't think uh, Christ intended us through ministry to burn out. Mm -hmm. You know, we're supposed to be a, a, a team in this Christian walk. We're supposed to be able to re rely on one another. You know, that's why I say this accountability partner idea is also a great, a great idea that I, I, I'm perceiving as well because, you know, when you start to take on too much and you start to feel that burnout, then your actions can become root. You know, they, they can become like, you know, 
just a, a thing that you're doing because you know you're supposed to do it, mm -hmm. but now it's lost the reason behind it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a, a major reason for burnout for a lot of people. I think the whole death to self, what we were just talking about, you know, how often mm -hmm. do we realize these things that we're involving ourselves in that are good things are actually for God? I mean, I really think that these two things play hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, you can really experience a lot less burnout if you're really seeking God, um, if you're seeking his power as you're going through all of these different things that you're doing. So, you know, you're like, just- Like who's the driving force behind yes, yeah. all that you're doing? If it's you, burnout. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. If you're doing it to just fulfill yourself and you're not actually searching like, this is what I feel God is wanting me to do, or this is a great way to love other people because God wants me to love other people. Um, if you lose that sight, it can be, you can burn out really and fast. And I think it's fair to say that that can happen unbeknownst to yourself. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, not, it's not like you chose to take on these projects by yourself mm -hmm. so that you can get the praise. It's just, that's kind of one thing led to another. And, and I don't know that that's the definition of burnout for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it seems to make sense that that can be um, one of the paths you're led down if, mm -hmm. if, if, if the fuel behind the engine, you know, isn't it supreme? Isn't uh, it? <laughs> what is it? Regular, <laughs> premium. Um, yeah, I, I'll speak for myself. I know that I've come in counter with, you know, a part of my life where I was involved in this ministry and this ministry and this ministry. I was involved in church. I had a full-time job, you know, and all this stuff. And then, you know, I, I got stressed and tired, and I didn't know where to, you know, it was too much. Um, and I think that when we, like you said, be still and take a second back and sit down and realize why is it that, you know, even in the church, why is it that I'm working, doing this ministry in church? Why is it that I'm doing this for the conference? Why is it that I'm doing this for my fellow neighbor? You know, is it because I already got, I'm in the motion and I already did it? Or is it because I truly care and I truly want to make a difference? And I think that's, um, that's where it all, you know, it all lies. We've been talking a lot about burnout within because we're so involved in so many different things, whether that be within the church or like helping the homeless or doing all these different things. But what about the burnout that we sometimes experience within our spiritual life mm -hmm. in general? You know, you're reading all these things. You, sometimes I know I didn't always feel like I could hear God's voice. So it was, why, why do I keep doing this right. if I'm not hearing that? Right. Yeah, and I think it, again, it all goes back to these little nuggets of wisdom, you know, and that's why these, you know, this, ver uh, this lesson is so awesome because we get to, you know, share all these nuggets of wisdom. And, There's a um, checkpoint, a point of reference to go to to yeah, kind of help we, guide us through that. Yeah, and we can go back to the root where it all starts from. Well, thank you for being here, guys. I'm really excited I got to spend time with you. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of the Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Kathy Britton. <laughs>